Hey, Cole. LSU's... F- Say it. Say it. LSU is... F- Say it. I dare you. They're Watch flighted. me come across this table right now. <laughs> they're, LSU's... F- ah! They're... F- ah! They're... No. They're flavored. <clears throat> flavored. Wow, you're so original. They're flavored grape and banana by two oranges. You... If we were playing Syracuse, that would make sense. They're flavored we would by actually... two rebels. Why would you eat a rebel? Why no, would you two... trust the flavoring from a rebel? That doesn't make sense. The, the rebels are the ones who do the seasoning. No. Yeah. They season the Bayou Bagels. Mmm. Mmm. Tiger meat sure does taste good, doesn't it? Do you really want to talk about, you know? I, n- n- mm. n- yeah. The, mm. the, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and let's get the show I on don't, the road. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's get the show on the road. My name's Owen Spelling. My name's Cole Connor. And this is a very flavored panther pod. All right, kicking things off this Bam. week. <laughs> Bam! I'm Emerald. Bam! Do <laughs> you not remember? You not remember Emerald? Yeah, no, I do. Bam! <laughs> you know he's from New Orleans, right? Bam! <laughs> oh my God, that was fitting. Thank was you. Good job. Thank good you. Job. Like um, I said, we did a wrestling reference. Now we're just gonna do a chef reference. <laughs> I'm just not going to bring up Gor- Martha Stewart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if it's Gordon Ramsay, I might as well just keep hitting the bleep button here. Just, yeah. bleep, bleep. Yeah, just turn this podcast from SFW to NSFW real quick. Ooh. It's raw. Raw. Um, what is this raw meat doing? Um, starting things off this week, we're looking at two unbeaten teams. Uh, number 14, Syracuse. I know you hate them. That's all right. Uh, number 14, Syracuse, taking on number five, Clemson. Uh, you remember how everyone was saying at the start of the season that Clemson might not be back all the way and that they still might be in their rebuilding process? Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's the paw print that's gotten them to number five. You think it's branding? I think it's brand. Isn't everything branding when it comes to the AP and the CFP? Yeah, fair. Explains why Texas got so many votes last week. Exactly. You tell you tell me this, DJ Uyangale. Now, granted, good quarterback. Good quarterback. Seventeen touchdowns, only two interceptions. Decent. But Garrett Schrader for Syracuse, twelve touchdowns, three interceptions. Yeah, but look at the yardage. Okay, he's got two hundred more. So uh, DJ Uyangale has two more, two hundred more yards than On Garrett Schrader. Twenty-one more passes. I mean, what do you want him to do? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Uh, I, I understand what Will you Shipley for. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. That's that's Clemson. That's Clemson. Yep. I was sorry. Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. Sean Tucker has six touchdowns. That's two less than Will Shipley. He's got 124 carries for 64 yards. Will Shipley only has 96 for 567. Osha, uh, I think his name's Osha, Oshan Gaddison. I want to say it's Oshan, yeah. No. Uh, Oran? No. Aron Day. Aronde Gadsden. Aronde Gadsden. Aronde Gadsden. Okay. 
never mind. Rondé Gadsden the second. Uh, I wonder why he didn't go junior. I don't know. That's a that's a parent thing. Ask his parent. Ask Oron Gadsden the first. There you go. Uh, Compared <laughs> to Antonio Williams, yeah. See, see. Rondé Gadsden has thirty-one receptions, five hundred seven-five touchdowns. Antonio Williams twenty-four receptions, three thirty-four and two touchdowns. Syracuse. But that's individual players. That's not overall teams. Yep. Clemson has the better team. Syracuse is only allowing 13 points a game. Clemson is allowing 19. Cool. Clemson scoring 38.6 versus Syracuse 36.0. Let me let me just let me All right, let me stop you right there. How many ranked opponents has Syracuse played this year so far? Um I want to say They've played NC State, who was ranked. Mm-hmm. Have they played Florida State? No. They have not played Florida State? No. Um, oh, and I'm going to cut you off because you got all the ranked opponents that Syracuse oh, played. NC State? Yeah. Number 15, NC State. Clemson, number 21, Wake Forest, who they struggled against. Yes. 51-45 to 45 double overtime. They struggled. Hiccup. Number 10 at the time in C State, 30 to 20. Okay, a 10 point, two possession game. Yeah. Syracuse beat NC State 24 to 9 when they were ranked number 15. Clemson is more battle tested. They've played. I'm not going to say they've played better opponents because they played the same opponents, essentially. They're literally in the same division. Yeah. But still, I think Clemson is the better team across the board. And they played Florida State, and they beat them 34-28. Syracuse hasn't played. The, the only team that Syracuse has played that was semi-dangerous to them um, was NC State. Oh, Sorry. And Virginia. And Louisville, which was semi. Uh, Purdue. They played Purdue. Purdue. They, they beat Purdue 32-29. Virginia, 22-20. to Any team that only beats Virginia by two points, come on. But you're going to have those games, though. Look at Clemson. Clemson almost lost to Wake Forest. Wake Forest isn't even ranked anymore. I'm picking Clemson. Who are you picking? I'm going to go with the Q's. Okay. The Orange didn't let me down this week. I think I think Syracuse pulls the upset okay. and gives Clemson their first loss, which would ultimately, if if Syracuse wins out or has one loss to say, uh, to if they have one loss to Notre Dame and that's their only loss of the year, which I don't think they'll lose to Notre Dame, but no, they're not going to lose to Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> Their no. name lost to Stanford. No. Wake Forest is still ranked. My bad. I'm looking at it right now. Wake Forest is still ranked. They're ranked 13th. Yes. That's my fault. So, but, um, shoot, was I, where's my, where am I going with this? Syracuse has, Syracuse has a lot of their tough opponents in the back half of the year. Yeah. Hence the 6-0 and hot start. I, th- I think that is fair to say. Besides, no, besides, the team, the two teams that we brought up, Purdue and NC State. Who else have they played? That's an actual threat um, that they didn't curb stomp. Uh, Virginia's the only one that they didn't, and they're not an actual. Threat. They're not an actual threat. 
they beat Louisville convincingly, which Louisville I thought would put up more of a fight than Virginia would. Yeah, Louisville just sucks this year. Uh, they just stopped they UConn because UConn Jackson. always loses, and then they stopped Wagner like they should have. Yeah, and then they they beat NC State convincingly. So I mean, that I, I here's the thing: I'm going with Syracuse until they prove me otherwise. And if they lose, it'll be in a close game by a field goal. Right now, Clemson is favored 13.5, and and the over-under is 49.5. I'm going to go under. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I'm going to go under as well because Clemson's given up uh, 338 total uh, total yards, but Syracuse has only given up 268. I, I hear what you're saying. Syracuse is a good team. Don't get me wrong. But we haven't seen them in a situation against a top 10 team. The closest thing we saw to that was NC State. Okay, but still, with uh, with Clemson, the only th- the only top ten team they played was NC State. They they beat Louisiana Tech, struggled mm. against at the time number twenty one Wake Forest, beat NC State by only two possessions, beat Boston College thirty one to three like they should have, and then was in a shootout with FSU thirty four twenty eight. I'm not saying that Clemson is a bad team by no means. I hear what you're saying, and what you're saying is we agree to disagree. What I'm saying is this particular. (laughs) I was being nice about it, (laughs) but no, you're absolutely wrong. Clemson's winning this game. No, 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 no. Not outright. It's going to be. I'm going to say by ten. By ten? No. If Clemson wins, it's by it's by three points. No. It's by three points. Brother, I did not mean to send that. That's my fault. <laughs> You're fine. That's my fault. So, just a little, little, little behind the scenes. Me and Cole, when we do these predictions, we text each other which teams we have, so that way we know what who, our win loss record yeah, who is. Won. Who won? Nobody actually wins anything. It's just for bragging rights at yeah. this point. But, um, but no, it's it. Yeah. So when I said "oops," I didn't mean to send that. Speaking of bragging rights. And actual, you know, conference implications and someone definitely winning something off of this game. Um, UCLA, Oregon, top 10 matchup. Intriguing. Intriguing. Barely top 10 matchup. Mm. But number nine, UCLA takes on number 10, Oregon. Um, Oh, and I'm going to be real honest. I don't know who to pick in this game. I know Oregon, uh, Oregon's favored by six, but UCLA. Ooh. And the the one thing that I hate about Oregon is Bo Nix. He's so inconsistent. You we never, saw it last year at Auburn. And you're seeing it a little bit. You're seeing it better this year, though. Yes. I think Dan Lanning, at, at which, and I think what we're learning is, and we're I think we're seeing this with, um, not Casey Thompson. Um, Auburn starting. Adrian Adrian Martinez at Kansas State is Adrian Martinez Martinez through thirty interceptions his first four years. Jesus. At Nebraska, he has not thrown a single one since he's been at Kansas State this year. Yeah, fair Bo enough. Bo Nix was not – I mean, he was good and really, really was the reason Auburn won most of their games. Yes. But he was also the reason they lost. And I think we're seeing that a new change of scenery has really helped Bo Nix here at Oregon. He's only thrown three interceptions. Only thrown three interceptions. He's Which won, is good. He's but... 131 for 186, and he's got over 1,500 yards passing. However, though – on the opposite side of the football, you have Chip Kelly and DTR. Yeah. I I, I don't know who to pick. 
But I think I'm going to lean UCLA for this one. Even though UCLA is the road team, and Oregon, according to ESPN, has a 71.4% chance of winning. And they're favored by six. And they're favored by six. Uh, over under 71.5. Honestly, that might be a little low. <laughs> it might be, because <laughs> because looking at it, UCLA scores 41.5 points per game. Oregon scores 42. UCLA allows 22 points per game. Oregon allows 28, almost 29. Um, honestly, both teams are over 500 yards total offense. Yeah, both teams are over are close to 350 yards allowed per I'm, game. I'm, I'm be honest though, they 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 really do well defending, do better than what I thought defending the run. Yeah. Oh no, I agree. Both teams are under 100. It's but, just the secondaries. Yeah. And I mean, you're gonna have that in the Pac-12 because so many teams run that West Coast-style offense. Yep. Because, hey, guess what? It's on the West Coast. I think this is Ch- – correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is Chip Kelly's return- first time back in Eugene since he's coached Ooh. at Oregon. First time he's returned to Eugene as a coach. Uh, good question. I think it – I think he had. I think this is the first time. But looking at UCLA's last five games – Last week, they beat uh, Utah. Or the last time they played, which was two weeks ago, they beat Utah forty-two to thirty-two. Before that, they beat number that was number eleven Utah. Then they went uh, had welcomed Washington into home, and that was number fifteen Washington at the time. Beat them forty to thirty-two. Beat Colorado forty-five seventeen, and then we all know they had that close loss with South Alabama. Uh, it is not his return game. It to is, Oregon. It is not his return game. What no. was his return game to Oregon? Uh, 2018, his 20, first year at UCLA. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Um, Oregon, looking at Oregon's last five games, they played Arizona, Stanford, Washington State, and BYU. The only team that was ranked was BYU. And even then, they had a close game against Washington State, and that was it. They beat Stanford like they should have, and they beat Arizona like they should have. However... I think UCLA is more battle tested, mm-hmm. and I think Chip Kelly is much more. It has a much more veteran coaching staff. And we saw what happens when Oregon goes up against a top ten opponent; they lose bad. Now, I'm not saying BYU isn't good. Well, but they didn't lose. They they beat up on BYU forty one twenty. But they, Georgia. Yeah, but it's Georgia though. Come on, like. Let's, let's Georgia's not on the same level as UCLA. Yes. Yeah, but let's but let's be honest though. Georgia's not on the same level with a lot of people, okay? Yeah. Like if they came into Baton Rouge, they'd beat up on LSU pretty good. If they came into Morgantown, they'd beat up on West Virginia really really Yeah, Georgia just has a habit of turning everyone into Vandy. Uh, Georgia uh, Georgia is just a different animal at yeah. this point. So um, no, I'm picking UCLA I, as I'm, well. I'm also going to pick UCLA in this one. Um, and I just, like I said, I think it's because of Bo Nix's inconsistency. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen it this year so far um, that much. And I'm not saying we'll see it this week, but I think the pressure is going to get to him. It could be. I yeah. think so. Um, and But I also, th- I also think veteran coaching staff. Yeah. This is Dan Lanning's first time as a head coach. This is not Chip Kelly's first time as a head coach. Now, granted, I think Dan Lanning is doing a tremendous job in Oregon. He is. He but, is. But mm, 
he, yeah. yeah. It's also supposed to be cold and rainy, I think, uh, Saturday in Eugene. So that could play a factor yeah. um, going from that lovely SoCal weather to uh, nor- <laughs> going up to northern Oregon. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, Owen, this is this is your neck of the woods. Why did you sneak this one in here? Honestly, it's not my neck of the woods. I just got I'm the redheaded stepchild in this conference. Let's be honest <laughs> here. Uh, TCU at Kansas State. This yes, I know. I know. <laughs> Go, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Be, technically that would be uh Oklahoma this year. No. <laughs> no, they still they still getting calls going their way. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Texas too. Um TCU, undefeated TCU, 8th-ranked TCU, takes on the Kansas State Wildcats, 17th-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. Undefeated Wild- in conference, it's an K-State. Un- yes, it is an undefeated conference matchup. Wildly enough, Kansas State's only loss is to Tulane. Uh, like we said before. <sighs> They're built different. <laughs> built different. Oh, my gosh. Adrian Martinez, 86 for 138, 900 yards, four touchdowns. You you are ridiculous. <laughs> Max Duggan is 116 yards, 100, 116 for 167, almost 1,600 yards passing, 16 touchdowns, a single interception on the year. Max Duggan is the better quarterback. Ma- by far, yeah. Max Duggan is the better quarterback. But where it really comes down to is um, the running backs. Deuce Vaughn on the Kansas State side and Kendra Miller on the TCU. Um, both quarterbacks we know are mobile. We've yeah. seen Adrian Martinez for run for almost a mile. Max Duggan is going to run all over the place, and he's going to beat you with his arm. Yes. Deuce Vaughn I th- is t- should be TCU's number one priority because yeah. he will kill you in the running game. And it's not just because of his speed, but also he'll beat you up. He'll go north and south and do a ground and pound if yes. if you if he has to. He's not shifty. He, he, he can be if he, he wants to. Oh, no. He, he absolutely can be. But the way he's shifty is like how Jerome Bettis was shifty. It's like he'll go around you, sure, but he'd rather go through you, mm-hmm. which I like. But And then uh, Quentin Johnson, uh, Johnston for TCU, absolute monster. He's averaging 16 and a half yards a catch. Mm. A catch. Yeah, it kind of puts Phillip Brooks, uh, K-State's leading receiver, to shame. Yeah. Not in touchdowns, though, which is very Not surprising. Not in touchdowns, but just in receptions and in yardage. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to be real with you. I don't need to look at a whole lot for this game. TCU is winning this game. I 100% agree. TCU um, is winning this game. T- Kansas State is putting up 28 points a game, which is, which is on average, reasonable. reasonable. Yeah. Jinx. Uh, Double jinx. No, no, no. All right, Jay. All right. All right. Uh, that gum you. Um, TCU's putting up over 45 points a game. Now, I'm no mathematician, but that's about, I don't know, 13 points difference. That's two touchdowns right there. Am I wrong or am no, that's three touchdowns that's three difference. Touchdowns. That's a three-touchdown difference. Wow, I'm not a math major. Um, but also, too, West Virginia was averaging 28 to 29 points last year, and we saw where that got them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I absolutely think their 5-1 and one start is um, – I'm not going to say it's a fluke because they did beat Texas Tech, but Texas Tech is 3-3. Three and three. They're, not, they're not great. 
Which surprised me because I thought Texas Tech was 4-2. I thought for sure Texas Tech was 4-2. But looking at K-State's schedule, South Dakota, 34 nothing. Mm-hmm. Mizzou, 40-12. Fair. Tulane, 17-10. Oklahoma, number six ranked Oklahoma, the only reason why they're ranked. And we know Oklahoma sucks this year. At the time, they were number six. They are not number six now. No, Oklahoma's no, not ranked. No, no. Yeah, I was no. looking at that, and I was like, there is no way yeah, Oklahoma no. is ranked. No, at the time, number the six, time. which is the only reason why K-State is ranked, 41-34, won by a touchdown. A bad Oklahoma st- or Oklahoma team. I almost said Oklahoma State. God. Oklahoma State is not a it bad just, team It this just year. kind of flows out of the mouth. It does. Um, Texas Tech, 37-28. Uh, eh, Texas Tech team. Iowa State, 10-9. Like, K-State has benefited from their weaker schedule so far. Um, be honest with you, I don't know if K-State makes a bowl this year. I think they do. They for sure do. So, out of the next, and I'm sorry, out of the next, out of their remaining schedule, they play TCU, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Texas, oh. Baylor, West Virginia, in Kansas. Do you really think they make a bowl? Do you think they get one more win? I think they get one more win somewhere in there. Mm. Somewhere in there I think they can get a win. You better hope it's not against Virginia. I hope and pray it's not against West Virginia. But no, I think Kansas State, they've benefited from their weaker schedule and TCU's winning this game hands down. I don't think Kansas State loses out for the rest of the season. Adrian Martinez is too good for that. They have Deuce Vaughn. there's just you say Adrian Martinez is good, but he's he hasn't cracked a thousand yards, and he hasn't he's only thrown for four touchdowns. He'll, he's only thrown for four touchdowns. But I get it. He's tremendous. He's a mobile quarterback, but at the same time, he hasn't really been put into that high pressure situation that a quarterback needs to be put in. Well, and we'll see that later on. But I think one more year, uh, one more year, one more game, they go bowling. I, I I don't think it's this game. I don't think they beat TCU. I think TCU wins this game. Um, and I think TCU wins it outright. No, I, I agree with you. I, um, I think TCU is going to be too much to handle for K-State. And Max Duggan Max Duggan's going to do what Max Duggan's going to do. Now, it's two very veteran coaching staffs, though, yes. with Sonny Dykes and um, – Chris Kleiman yeah. for Kansas State. But it's going to be a good game, uh, but I think TCU really pulls away in the second half. And I'm going to say 30, excuse me, 38, 38-24. So you think they go over? I think they go over. They for sure they for sure go over. Um, I'm going to say 42-14. 42-14. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a bad one. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah, cuz I think TCU is going to get exposed this week. Uh, you mean Kansas State get exposed? Yeah, no. Sorry. Excuse me. I think TCU beats K-State 42-14. K-State gets exposed this week. K-State get, um I don't think they get exposed, but I definitely I think you see some flaws in there. Um and like I said, I think it'll be close at halftime, but after halftime, it, it TCU TCU walks away with it. TCU hops on the field and gets the ball rolling early. They for sure will get the ball rolling early, but I think Kansas State will as well. Agree to disagree on that aspect. Uh, here we go again. Um, next up, Minnesota, Penn State, Big Ten matchup. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's four and two. 
Penn State is coming off their absolute dom- <laughs> dominating loss to. <laughs> oh, you're about to say domination. They're yeah, <laughs> Michigan. No. I was like, um, no, no, they're dom. They're after they're being down. dominated. Yeah, they're they're by curb Michigan. stomping by Michigan. Yeah, um, Penn State still five and one, only one conference loss. I, you know, I think Penn State is going to be able to have a bounce back week. But I think Minnesota's got something to say about it. Minnesota's averaging more points per game. They're giving up less points per game. They're averaging more yards, and they're giving up less yards. I hear you, but again, strength of schedule. Who have they played besides yeah. Illinois and Purdue? Because they play that Big Ten West. Yeah. That Big Ten West. That Big Ten West um, schedule is not favorable. But they did beat Michigan State. Michigan State is... Bad, Bad, though, this yeah. year. Um, but look at Penn State's schedule. They played Ohio, Auburn, Central Michigan, and Northwestern. The first competent team they came to, they get curb stomped. Fair. So, I, and here's my thing. Man, this is, a, this is kind of a toss-up because both of, of these teams really haven't been – they now, both, granted, they've both been tested. They've both been tested by a top 25 opponent. And I absolutely and both think... both lost by a top 25 <laughs> yes. opponent. Um, and I, I think 16 is way too high for Penn State, to be I, honest with you. I think so, too. Um, no, I'm, I think I'm going Minnesota here. I know I just dogged on their strength of schedule, but like you said, they're scoring more points. They're allowing fewer points, putting up more yards. Um, Penn State's favored by four. Mohamed Ibrahim, he's a monster. 104, carry 694 yards, nine touchdowns. Now, where they're lacking is quarterback. Is quarterback. Tanner Morgan, not doing hot. Um, a 1,164 yards, seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Sean Clifford, over 1,100 yards, 1,100 and a half yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Cole? I know I just said that Minnesota is better in overall stats, uh, overall team stats in every facet, in points per game, points allowed, total yards that they've given up, and total yard, or total yards that they've achieved on offense, and total yards that they've given up on defense. Which points per game, thirty-four and a half for Minnesota, thirty-one and a half for Penn State. Minnesota's giving up 11 points per game. Mm-hmm. Penn State's giving up 19. But you got you you've got to remember though, if you take that Michigan game out, how many are you allowing then? 17, 14, 12, and 10. So if you take out that Michigan game, seven, seven, 14, 12, and 10. That's what I said. Seven, 14. You said 17. Oh, I'm sorry. You're fine. S- they allowed they allowed Northwestern to score a touchdown. Central Michigan they gave up fourteen. Auburn they gave up twelve. And against Ohio, they gave Not up ten. Not Ohio State. Not Ohio State. <laughs> against Ohio, they gave up ten points. For Minnesota, they gave up ten against WIU. I don't know who that is. They gave up seven against Colorado, gave up seven against Michigan State, gave up twenty against Purdue and then gave up 26 against Illinois. And they blanked New Mexico State. And they blanked New Mexico State. I'm going with Penn State. 
Okay. I'm going with Penn State because I think Penn State. So you hate me. In other words, yes. <laughs> but no, I I I think I I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. It's also going to be a home environment. It's the whiteout game. Oh, I didn't know that. Crap. I already sent the text. So go Golden Gophers. <laughs> oh goodness me. Um, last up, a game that is probably unexpected to all of our listeners out there. Uh, very unexpected to all of our listeners out there, especially because of how much crap I talk about them. Um, Memphis. The Memphis Tigers take on the mighty green wave of Tulane. Mm. Memphis is 4-3, and three, Tulane is 6-1, and 3-0 and oh in conference. Dude, this hurts. It hurts. This hurts. What if you guys? What if LSU? Stop had to talking <laughs> right now. <laughs> if LSU lost to freaking Tulane. No, no, no. I'm saying, what if you guys played them in a bowl game? Like, oh. when's the last time you've played Tulane? Oh, that's a good question. Um, but Tulane has a 68.2 percent chance of winning this game. In uh, Tulane is favored by seven. The over under is 56 and a half. Uh, Tulane's last five games, they beat Kansas State. They lost to Southern uh, to Southern Miss. They beat Houston in overtime with a third string quarterback. By the way, stomped ECU twenty four to nine, and then beat UC, uh, USF forty five to thirty one. Memphis beat Arkansas State forty four to thirteen. Beat North Texas forty four to thirty four. Beat Temple twenty four to three. Lost to Houston by one thirty three to thirty two. And then beat East Carolina in a quadruple overtime game, forty-seven to forty-five. Um, while you were looking at stats, I pulled up the history of LSU Tulane. Guess when the last time Tulane beat LSU was? I'm gonna say like 1970. Uh, earlier. Er, uh, like the last. Like, so the last time we played was October 31st, 2009. LSU won 42 to nothing. Fair enough. Um, the last time Tulane won, November 27th, 1982. 31 to 28. Interesting. Um, but you got, was Tulane in the, the SEC then? No. They were not. Okay. Because no. um, Tulane was in the SEC. In the 30s. I knew that because yeah, they're, they're a founding the SEC, member. Yeah, SEC was founded, I think, in 32. Um, and then they left. Boy, aren't they so glad they left now? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it. I love Tulane. They're very much. It's like how you feel you with Marshall. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hate that they're ranked higher than. Oh LSU. yeah, no. Oh, for sure. For it would sure. be like if Marshall was ranked. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, I'm picking Tulane though. I am. I am 100% t- picking Tulane. I. I mean, I think they're just a. They're a better team overall. Memphis pretty much has no defense yes. because they're allowing as many points. They're allowing as many points as they're scoring yes. because they're allow they're scoring thirty five points a game and they're allowing around thirty points a game. Seth Hennigan is good though. Seth Hennigan is very good. Twelve touchdowns, only three interceptions, almost two thousand yards through the air. I like Memphis. I do. I think they'll be a Power Five one day. Where will they go? More than likely the Big 12. <laughs> More than likely the Big 12. But I like Memphis. Um, 
I think in my realignment, I, I think if you remember correctly, my realignment episode, I put them in the SEC, um, <laughs> just because I think they because for Vandy, they, Vandy, no, Vandy. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, I guess. Um, but anyways, that's besides the point. Tulane, I mean, their top receiver only has eight. Uh, only has 18 receptions for 333 yards and a touchdown. I think also, too, Tulane, if I'm not mistaken, they're still on their third-string quarterback. Yes. And they're still 6-1. and one. Yes. And he's got 11 touchdowns for three interceptions. No, I'm, Michael Pratt is – Yes. He's no. for sure because it was Kai Horton at the start of the season – and then it was Carson Haggard, if I want to, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see who played against the Houston game, because that's who, or uh, yeah, whoever played against Houston is the one that score uh, is the one that won them the game. Tulane is currently number it one. It was uh, Justin Ib uh, Ibietta. Okay, Justin Ibietta. So then that means Kai Horton was their second string. Kai Hort- okay. And then uh, Pratt is their third string. No, just an Ibietta. Well, okay. Because that's right, because their starter went out and then the backup went out and the third string came out and yeah. won. And that okay. was Michael Pratt. Very confusing. Um, currently, Tulane is the top of the American. They're 3-1, 6-1 overall. Uh, Cincinnati is right behind them at 2-0, 5-1 overall. UCF, who I think you could see in the American Championship game, and that's either going to be against – Cincinnati or Tulane. I know you don't like UCF. I Boo. like UCF. I think UCF Boo. is great. Um, East Carolina is the next closest team. That's quite a gap. Four and three, two and two overall in the conference. Um, I have a soft spot for the American, I guess, because that is formerly known as the Big East. Bet you didn't know that, did you? R.I.P. R.I.P. The Big East. R.I.P. But I'm very thankful that West Virginia – Found a home and did not end up in the American. Yes, very. Thankful. That would have been really sad. It would have been incredibly sad. But besides the point. Yeah, I'm Tulane for sure. Tulane, uh, they both they both match. They both have 420 yards that they give uh, that they put up in offense. However, no, Memphis they're, they're allowed, very productive on, on offense. offense. However, <laughs> however, there's a Memphis, drop off. Memphis gives up 419 yards on on defense. Yeah. Tulane gives only up gives 300. up three hundred. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I'm gonna go with Tulane in this one. Tulane keeps the ball rolling. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think Tulane sweats this one. I I don't think they sweat it, but I think Memphis can keep it interesting at for at, at least times. make them work for it. At least make them work for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to the ODAC. Um, exciting slate of games this week. Uh, Randy Mack and Shenandoah, Hampton Sydney Gil or uh, Hampton Sydney Washington Lee, excuse me. Um, Averett Bridgewater and then Farum and uh, Guilford. Uh, Farum is on the road to Guilford. Um, look, Guilford's one and five. Farum's zero and six. Guilford is the better team in this matchup, apparently. By one game. By one game. Uh, Guilford is on a five-game losing streak. They are 0-3 at home. They've given up 527 yards. 
if there is ever a time to win a football game this season, now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, Farham actually has a winning record at Guilford. However, that is Guilford is uh, the away record for Farham at Guilford is not as great as the home record. Farham is undefeated against Guilford at home. However, they're three and two at Guilford. Can they make it four and two, or does Guilford even it up and make it three and three? Um, the last eight matchups, which have been since 1998, uh, Farham has a Farum dominates the series six and two. The largest margin of victory came in the weird half COVID year, uh, 41 to 12. That was in March. The average points per game, the average points that Farham scores against Guilford, take a guess. 28. 36. Really? 36 points Farham averages against Guilford. Last year, Guilford came home, or Guilford came to Farham. Farham put up 57 on Guilford's defense. 57 35 was the final score. Farham beats Guilford and would continue on for the rest of the season, finishing up 6-4, and four, as we all know. This is, this is Farham's, <laughs> Farham's one opportunity to win a game this year because it's not looking great against Randy Mack, and it's not looking great for Bridgewater. And it's also not looking great against Averitt. Those are the three games we have left. That's crazy to think, by the way, that Farum's only got three games left. If I'm correct on that, yeah, Farum's yeah you only are. Got, only got three games left because we have our Farum has Guilford, um, Rainy Mac, Bridgewater, and then Averett. Yeah, and Averett's uh, Hall of Fame and Senior Day. Ooh, that puts that puts a little bit more emphasis on that game. Um, I'm 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 an optimist. Optimism is key, remember? Optimism we said is that key. and look at how things turned out. Alabama lost. But anyway. And LSU and West Virginia both won. Yeah, and Alabama lost. And Alabama <laughs> lost. Um I'm sorry, I'm just a hater. Um look, optimism is key. Farum doesn't just have one chance to win a game. Farum has four chances to win football games. Farum can finish four and six this year. Keyword can. Can. Will they? That's a different story. That is yet yet to be determined. determined. What better way to wake up your offense than stomping a mud hole in Guilford like you are historically proven to do? Yep. Um, Farum matches up very well against Guilford. Right now, Farum is giving up 30 points to opponents while only scoring 12 themselves. They're averaging 123 yards on the ground per game. They're giving up 200. Uh, currently, they uh, on the passing game, they've given up seven interceptions. Uh, only got three touchdowns through the air. Only three touchdowns, but... They're averaging 144 yards through the air. However, they're letting opponents score, uh, put up 11 touchdowns. So far, they've put they've had opponents put up 11 touchdowns on them, 223 yards average through the air. 
So this is why I say Guilford is a great matchup. Guilford, on average, 60.7 yards on the ground per game. Passing, 268. They like to throw the ball. Fine. They're averaging 21 points per game. We've seen Ferrum. They can put up more than 21 points in a game. Yes. They've only done it once, though. They've only done it once this year. Yards allowed. Guilford has allowed 527 yards per game on average. Rushing is a good majority of that. 289 rushing yards allowed on average per game. Great. So just establish the run dominance. Yeah. <laughs> Farum likes to run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. And if you and if you can make Guilford one dimensional and shut down that pass and make them run the ball, then you're almost guaranteed to win this game. Don't turn yeah. the ball over. Don't fumble it and don't throw an interception. Yeah. You're almost guaranteed to win the game. Yep. Sounds so easy, right? Simple. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Just pro right forty six. Run the ball. Oh my gosh. Shout out FCHS. I could coach Ferrum this week. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, careful there. <laughs> careful. Well, He's... no, what I'm saying is, is like, I know exactly what play I would call and how to execute it. Yeah. And it's like, and, and that was not a shot at Cleve Adams at all. Mm-hmm. Um, no, please do not take that out of context. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is I know how I would coach this game. Out of context, Pod. Out of, yeah. Please don't take Pod out of context. Oh, God, I'm going to be trending on Twitter. <laughs> um, hey, there we go. Go to publicity. Way to go, Cole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, just establish the run early and chew the clock. Yeah. Score points. Uh, get your time of possession up. We saw them do that uh, last week against Washington Lee. They were able to really, really put up time of possession. Um, let's see if I can find this stat on there. Uh, time of possession, T.O. T.O.P., T.O.P., T.O.P. Uh, can I find it? Great. Cool. I want to say, yeah, it was about 20. Yeah, 20. Uh, oh, there it is. Average per game. Ferrum has now bumped up their average from 24 to 28 minutes. That's not bad. Of time possession. That's close to half. And, yeah. Well, and but here's the thing, too, is they're allowing their, uh, their opponents are averaging 31 minutes. Of time of possession. So, you've gotten closer and closer each week to your opponents in time of possession. Now, you're just roughly three minutes away from that time of possession. Really, you're closer to like two minutes away because it's 28 minutes, 49 seconds. Yeah. So, if you just keep that average going up. Steadily increasing. Steadily increasing. You can finish out the season on a high note. Yep. And change that 0-5 start to a 4-0 finish. Yep. It's going to be difficult. Um, at best, I'm going to be honest, I would love to see them go 4-0. But after what we've seen the past uh, this season, I think 2-2 two and two is realistic. Yes. 2-2 two and two is realistic. 4-0 is achievable. It is possible. It's going to be difficult because you go it on going the road to, be to Randy Mack. very difficult, but it is still achievable, and it is possible. Ferrum just has to clean it up and execute. Execution is key. Not optimism. Execute. <laughs> optimism is huh? key. Oh, huh? wait a minute. Um, one o'clock, Eastern. 
at Farum, WB Adams Stadium. Uh, I thought it was at Guilford. It is at Guilford. Never yeah. mind. Forget what. Forget everything I just said. It's at Guilford, one o'clock. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Should Sounds be a good. good game. Should be a good game. Farum. I think this is Farum's best opportunity to get the win. Yes, one hundred percent. Absolutely. All right, Owen. Do you want me to break out the soapbox? Or you got it this week? I, wow. That's a little hurtful. I'm not going to lie. Not you. Not you. Uh, what I just looked at on the screen. Tickets as low as $13. Oh, Wait man. a minute. What? We played Jerry World? Yeah. We're playing in <laughs> Wait a minute. What? You didn't know that? No. I thought we were at Tech. I thought we were in Lubbock. Why are we in Jerry World? Jones AT&T Stadium. That's, that's no, it's it's in Lubbock. Okay, then what's Jones AT and T Stadium? Well, I'm looking that up. You you start. It, okay, that interesting. Okay, that's that's Jones AT and T Stadium. Yeah, that's what it's called, Jones AT and T Stadium it, in Cody Campbell Field. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was getting ready to say, I was like, why are we in Dallas? That makes no sense. Um, West Virginia travels to Lubbock this week. Uh, to take on the Texas Tech Raiders. After a huge upset against Baylor last week, 43-40, West Virginia's now 3-3. Three and three. They've now gotten back to 500. They're 1-2 in conference. They can go 2-2 two two in conference and 4-3 and three overall. They're averaging 39 points a game, which is 10 points more than what they were averaging Last year, Graham Harrell will do that for you. Uh, Texas Tech is averaging 34 points per game. West Virginia is allowing 31. Texas Tech is allowing 29 points per game. How is that historically dominant defense doing for you? I'm going to be honest. Historically dominant pre-2010, post-2018, and pre-2022. <laughs> that's, that's about the dominant defense right there. <laughs> Um, that's about it right there. It's it's just it's really just the backfield at this point. It's just the secondary. It's your secondary, yeah. It's the secondary. Um, both which is scary. Which is scary. Which is very scary because Texas Tech likes to air it out. West Virginia is a, uh, averaging about 462 yards of offense. Texas Tech is averaging 484 yards of offense. Mm. 271 through the air. Texas Tech is like they have a yard per day, 365 uh, yards through the air. 191 rushing. We get CJ Donaldson back this week. Ooh, and, I didn't know that. Yes, we get CJ Donaldson back this week, and we get Charles Woods in limited action. Charles Woods is a veteran, veteran cornerback or safety. He's in the secondary. Much leadership needed there. We get him back. Thankfully, it is going to be limited, but I'm, I'm very pleased for that. Uh, that we get him back. Yards rushing, West Virginia has a to- uh, averages 191 yards rushing. Texas Tech averages 119 yards rushing. West Virginia allow- uh, is on average allowing 374 yards. Uh, defense is, uh, West Virginia's defense is allowing 374 yards. On, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied there. Texas Tech on defense is allowing 367 yards. West Virginia is allowing 262.5 through the air. Texas Tech is only allowing 220. 
West Virginia is allowing only 112 on the ground. Texas Tech is allowing 146. Um, I think we get some juice in us for beating Baylor. Big time win. It's going to be very tough to beat this. Uh, you know how I said Baylor's 0-6 in Morgantown? A perfect 0-6. Neil Brown is a perfect 0-3 against Texas Tech. Texas Tech has had Neil Brown's number mm. since he has been at West Virginia. In contrast, Dana Holgerson was 6-2 and or 5-2 and against Texas Tech. It's not a good look. You already have more losses in your first three years to Texas Tech, which is a game we should be winning and a team we should be beating. Yeah. Um, I thought Texas Tech was four and four and two coming into this. I don't know why, but I I, I thought for sure they were four and two for some reason. Um, no, they are three and three. They lost to Oklahoma State two weeks ago. Now, uh something you do have to realize, Cole, is uh, Texas Tech and West Virginia have have had extra time to prepare this game. Texas Tech had a bye week. West Virginia had a Thursday night game. So, I think that's good for both for for both teams. It it nullifies a lot of things. Yes, it nullifies a lot of things. Uh, versus if West Virginia had to play on a Saturday and Texas Tech, okay, it was coming off their bye week. Um. Oh, I thought you were going to sneeze. I almost said bless you. Last week against Baylor, if I can remember, uh, last week against Baylor, West Virginia gave up. Let's find the stats here. 40 points. 40 points. They got four turnovers. They won the turnover battle. Gave up 590 yards of total offense. Still won the game, though. Still won the game. Um, I'm trying to see to off Blake of the sh- back of Tony Mathis. Off the back, the back of yes, and Triple J, Justin Johnson Jr. Blake Shapin had almost a career day. Had 326 yards passing in that game. JT Daniels had 283, a touchdown, an interception. JT Daniels right now on the year has nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Donovan Smith. It has four, over fourteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns, seven interceptions, seven interceptions. Mm, that's uh, bad. JT Daniels has almost fifteen hundred yards passing, one hundred thirty nine for two eighteen. Donovan Smith is one forty three for two fifteen. Again, we have to. I I, I am so excited that you so, have CJ Donaldson. Back. I'm C, so excited we have CJ Donaldson back. But after last week, you tell me how you gonna beat. A three-headed monster in the backfield with C.J. Donaldson, Tony Mathis Jr., and Triple J. and Justin Johnson Jr. Yeah, I mean that's that's amazing. And wide receivers were catching the ball last week; they were yeah. making amazing catches. Uh, you weren't having to rely on Bryce Ford Wheaton a ton. You, you could Caden, spread it out with Caden Prather. Yeah, Caden Prather, Reese Smith, uh, Sam James. You had all these, even Preston Fox a little yep. bit. You had all these guys that you could really, really air it out to. Is the defense much improved? And if uh, and what I mean by that is, have you improved enough to slow down some of the running game, or slow down slow down some of the passing game to make a stop to get your offense back out on the field? 
Texas Tech ran 100 plays against Texas. Texas Tech also ran 100 plays against Oklahoma State. How does West Virginia's defense fare if they have to if they have to be out on the field for over a hundred plays? Oh, um, Cole, it just it just went down. Texas Tech versus West Virginia. The uh, the tickets are as low as nine dollars now. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. I get I, it's okay. <laughs> it is what it is. I guess Und- understandably. Uh, right now the line is Texas Tech by six and a half. Over under sixty five. I think they hit. I think they hit the over. Yeah, fair I think enough. they hit the it, over. This is going to be a Big Twelve matchup. Um, and then uh, Texas Tech has, according to ESPN, has a fifty-eight point three percent chance of winning this game. With all of that being said, and you know who we have in the backfield, you know who we have out wide, and we know who you ha- who we have taking snaps under center. The uh, I will say this: the offensive line looked much improved. Didn't give up any sacks against Baylor. <sighs> Zero sacks against Baylor, which is a defensive line that was dominant last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our defensive line had several QB hurries, and I think two or three sacks. I think three sacks is what we said on Sunday. Three sacks, and then um, I th- I honestly think if we play, if we just drop eight or nine back, I think we'll be okay. I think if you slow if you can slow down Texas Tech's passing game and get to Donovan Smith, then you're going to be able to win the game. Owen, I'm picking West Virginia. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) Oh, thank goodness. I was going to pick West Virginia before I knew C.J. Donaldson was back. Um, I love Tony Mathis. I think he can run the crap out of the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. He does not hold a, in my opinion, he does not hold a candle to CJ Donaldson. And it's just because CJ Donaldson is such a big dude yes. too. You know, yes. CJ Donaldson can plow through and get those extra yards, you know. Um, no, I think your offense now granted, I think Texas Tech's defense might prove a little challenging. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. But I think your offense is good enough and is starting to find its pace and rhythm at a great time. Yeah. In the season. Yeah. Um, now, granted, a loss to Texas Tech. Ooh. Yeah. That's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, but, no, I think West Virginia is capable of winning this game just based on sheer talent and your offense. What I think is going to be detrimental to West Virginia and why West Virginia could lose this game, two words, Neil Brown. I, look, you – I remember last season when I was like, dude, I don't understand the hate for Neil Brown. I mean, he's a good coach. He got y'all to bowl, bowl eligibility. This season, especially watching that Kansas game yeah. with you and seeing even the Baylor game, yeah, you could tell that it's play calling and coaching. Yeah. Because Neil Brown is – very much still has his fingerprints in the offense. Very much so. Which um, is unusual because he was there uh he, he was there at Texas Tech for a long time with Mike Leach. Yeah. And was known as an offensive guru. 
I don't understand why that's not translating into he in the here. You know. Yeah, because he got manners. He doesn't want to blow out teams anymore. He wants to let his foot off the gas. Exactly. And you can't do that. Nope. Not in the big 12. You, you have to put teams away. Yes. You cannot say, well, we're up by two touchdowns. We're up by three touchdowns. We're going we're gonna to let off. No. No. Do not put it. You cannot let off until you're up five touchdowns or at yes. least five possessions. Yes. You have to full throttle, hit the gas, put them away. Yeah, no, I'm picking West Virginia in this game. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm very nervous for this game. This is another, and I hope we don't come out flat. We came out flat against Texas. I hope we don't come out flat against Texas Tech. Um, it's long. It's uh, again, it's long flight to Lubbock. Uh, three three o'clock east. Uh, three o'clock Eastern, which is two two Eastern over there. Um, it's uh, it's it's gonna be. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, fun fact for all our listeners out there: there is massive West Virginia connections between Texas Tech and West Virginia. John Denver is a Texas Tech grad. Obviously, wrote the song about West Virginia, or he did not write the song, but he sung the song about West Virginia or getting to West Virginia country roads. Don't give me that look. Don't give me that look. It's not about Western Virginia. It's not about Maryland. It's about getting through Western Virginia into West Virginia. It's about getting to West Virginia. Country roads are taking you home to West Virginia. Um, Holgerson, Dana Holgerson, who was a longtime head coach at West Virginia for eight eight years, uh, was also an offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. Like I just said, Neil Brown was an assistant and offensive coordinator at Texas Tech as well. There, uh, there's a few other players and coaches that played for Texas Tech. Uh, Graham Harrell, for example, Graham Harrell was uh, is a legend at Texas Tech for his uh, for his quarterback play at Texas Tech. Seth Dagey, the older brother of Jarrett Dagey, who played under Neil Brown. Uh, Seth Dagey was a quarterback for Texas Tech. Jarrett Dagey obviously was quarterback for West Virginia and the whole Neil Brown connection. So there's a lot of Texas Tech West Virginia connections. Um, it's just an, uh, it, it's a conference rival. Um, somebody posted a picture of a of a of a John Denver. It was John Denver having holding an eagle, and there and it had like a West Virginia Texas Tech thing under the statue. It was like here's the John Denver rivalry trophy and things like that, which I thought would be really cool, you know. But so, I mean, no that that is a pretty cool rivalry that you got. You know, there's several historic ties. That don't hold a candle to the Magnolia Bowl, son. Um, oh, is this really a rivalry? Yes. Oh. We have Wait, played. a trophy for this, isn't yes, it? Yes, okay. it is the Magnolia Bowl trophy. I need to look this up because I have not seen this trophy. Great look, transition, by the way. The golden, the golden boot is the best trophy in college football to date. Like, the Black Diamond Trophy is cool. I understand. And I know I'm not it's, going to convince you on well, it. Well, but... No, you will convince me on it because I do think the Golden Boot is a really cool trophy. I love having the, the Black Diamond Trophy. However, the, my thing with the Black Diamond Trophy is, like, I understand it's not the coolest looking. It's a boot that is golden. Yes. That's sick. I need. I'm you know what else up. is sick? The Magnolia Bowl. I'm looking up the Magnolia Bowl right now. Um, look, I'm going to be real. LSU won five in a row. Up until last year. Last year, Ole Miss beat us 31-17. We have played them uninterrupted since 1945. That's a cool trophy. Yes. Thank you. 
This is this, this is the one, correct? Yes, that's a cool trophy. Um, look, Ole Miss undefeated, number seven. It's it is going to be a tough game. It's three thirty p.m. on CBS. We're prime time, or not prime time, but you get the idea. Everyone knows this is going to be a big game. Jackson Dart in the past three weeks has fallen off of a wagon. 11 touchdowns, six interceptions. You know who's picked him up from that wagon? Quinshawn Judkins. Owen, Quinshawn Judkins... 121 attempts, 720 yards. That is actually a really cool statue. Owen's showing me the picture of the John uh, John Denver trophy. Um, Quinshawn Judkins, 121 attempts, 720 yards, 10 touchdowns on the ground. LSU's defense against Tennessee, hot garbage. Yeah. Especially on the ground game. LSU's defense against Florida, pretty daggone good. We gave up 35, but a lot of that came in the fourth quarter when Florida thought they were going to come back. They didn't. Jaden Daniels should be in everyone's Heisman list right now. And the only reason why he is not is LSU has two losses. And his offensive line is doing him no favors. Look, Jaden Daniels, 144 for 208, 1,564 yards, 10 touchdowns, and a lone interception that came against Tennessee. LSU's leading rusher, again, no surprise, Jaden Daniels, 90 carries, 403 yards, six touchdowns. Jaden Daniels is a one-man wrecking crew. What Owen was alluding to at the start of the show is the money line and the spread. LSU is favored by two. A lot of people are rolling their eyes at this, but you can never... Magnolia Bowl is our version of the Iron Bowl. I know I kind of downplayed it last season, um, really, but, I thought you always play up Alabama as like a – like I've heard that the two biggest rivalries in the SEC, when they're rolling and when both teams are rolling – Alabama, third, LSU, Alabama, and Alabama, Tennessee. Yes. That has been – and the main reason is because LSU won five straight uh, in the Magnolia Bowl. The last time that Ole Miss beat us before 2021, 2015, time before that, 2009, 2008, time before that, 2001, LSU leads this series 64 to 41. Mm, mm. I'm going to be real honest. It very well could be 64 to 42. In Baton Rouge, 
on Saturday, Saturday evening, 3.30. Again, why this isn't a night game, I have no idea. The SEC is conspiring against LSU. Who knows? Oh, my gosh. gosh. Um, Ole Miss's offense, they've scored more points. They've allowed fewer points than us. Who have they played? Played Auburn. They played Vanderbilt. Okay. <laughs> Great. Good they, for them. They played number seven Kentucky at awesome. the time. Uh, Tulsa and then Georgia Tech. <laughs> Great. We played Mississippi State, Auburn, Tennessee. <laughs> and we're coming off of a big win against Florida. This is LSU's time to jump ahead in the West and try and make a push. You only have one conference loss. If you yes. beat Ole Miss, you uh, – no, because Alabama hasn't won yeah. a game, lost a game in the West. No, they haven't. But in, but overall, stand, in overall standings, you, Ole Miss, and Alabama – Would be tied for would, second. Would be tied for second or whatever. I think it, it would either be second or third. Second or third because, yeah. But Alabama – Still has their tough some of their toughest opponents ahead of them. Yeah, they still they have, still play LSU. They still have to play <laughs> Ole Miss, and they still and they're still going to get their best from LSU. And then they have to and then they have to play um, no because they've already played Arkansas. And Texas they've already A&M. played Arkansas. So and it's Texas just A&M. it's just it is just Ole Miss. Yes. Oh, and Auburn. Auburn's the only t- the other yeah, team. The Iron, the Iron uh, Bowl. No, they've already played the Iron Bowl. They have not already played the Iron Bowl. Yeah, twenty-one seventeen. Oh no, that was us. That's us. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just you know. disregard. Disregard. Oh my God, we're favored against Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. There I didn't you go. know that. Um, no, sorry, I misclicked. Hold on, I'm pulling up. Oh God, I'm pulling up Alabama's schedule. We're not favored against Alabama. <laughs> I didn't think you would be. I'm very surprised that you're favored against Ole Miss, though. Fifty-one percent chance of winning, according yep. to ESPN. And over the over/under is sixty-eight. Under, uh, you sure. think under? You yes. think under? Um, I think Jackson, you get close. Jackson Dart is a good quarterback, mm-hmm. but like I said, he has fallen off the wagon. But you in are, the past two, they, three they weeks. have. Um, oh gosh, his name escapes me. Uh, Zach Evans for Ole Miss, who is a monster at running back. That's who you really have to worry about. Yes, Jackson Dart is going to be a problem, but he's thrown six interceptions at this point. Jane Daniels has only thrown. The one. Um, uh, looking at the re- sorry to cut you no, you're off. Fine, you're fine. Looking at the rest of Alabama's schedule, as you alluded to, um, they do play. So the remaining games for them: Mississippi State, which is LSU this, beat Mississippi State. Come on, which is this upcoming week? And then you know, LSU, LSU, <laughs> uh, LSU Ole Miss. <coughs> excuse me, um, Austin P. <laughs> Bless their heart. What if Austin P beat Alabama? I would love it. And then uh, Auburn, the Iron Bowl. Yep. Day after Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, very losable games. Very yes. losable games for Alabama in the fact that you never know what you're going to get in the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. And Ole Miss is undefeated at the moment. At the moment. And, again, About to be 7-1. You don't know what you're going to get with LSU because LSU is going to give you their best. At this point, every both Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn are going to give you the best that they have. Come on. And at this point. Come on. 
You got Ole Miss. Yep. Versus. Yes. LSU. Come on. Right now. Get them. I'm picking. Get them. You know you want to say it. Come on. Come on. Say it. <laughs> You're like Dwight from the say office. Say it. Right now. Say it. One, two, three, go. Three, two, one, say it. Say it. One, two, three, three, two, one, say I it. I don't understand that reference. I know you don't. It's so sad. But there are those of our listeners who do understand the reference. Anyway, back to your pick. Come on. You know you want to pick them. You know you want to pick them. I do want to pick Ole Miss. No. <laughs> I do want to pick Ole Miss. Don't I do. disappoint me like I do. that. I do. You told me earlier I was already a disappointment. No, I'm joking. <laughs> wow. I'm joking. I'm j- We're just going to air our grievances right here on the mic. On Welcome the to the uh, Red Table Talk. <laughs> the Red Tape. No, Red uh, Jada Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Never Red mind. Table. Never mind. My bad. Yeah. Um, I had an entanglement. Say it. Come on, it's it's three syllables. Three letters. LSU, 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 LSU. You know you want to pick them. I do. You know Jane Daniels is going to light up Ole Miss. I do. How does that make you feel knowing that you're going to be on the wrong side of history? Here's the thing. I want LSU to win. Very much and so. And you're still going to be wrong. <laughs> I pick West Virginia. No, don't get political with me. No, no, no. This is not how this works. Absolutely not. This is not how. Don't get polit. Don't start politicking with me. Do not start politicking with me. Look, LSU's favored. I don't, Jane give my, Daniels. I don't give my picks for West Virginia anymore because I politic and I, and I play favoritism. You do the exact same thing that I'm doing now. Yes. I did not. Not against. I just. I gave you the stats. I gave you what my thoughts were. Okay. What's fair, going on in fair, Morgan? Fair. In Morgantown. However, though. And one thing, and I'm sorry. No, you're fine, For cutting you're fine. you off. One thing that I will say, Kayshawn freaking boot man. I know. He's finally showing some signs of life. I know. But here, here's what I have an issue with with LSU, is the fact that you rely on Jaden Daniels to be your leading rusher. Yeah. Uh, unintentionally. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> But he has to because he has no offensive line. Yeah. There's trouble in that offensive line. Yes. However, they are at home in Tiger Stadium. They <laughs> they are at home at Tiger Stadium in Death Valley. No, it is not a night game. Get them. But it's a 3.30 game. Get them. LSU. Tiger Nation Get is going to be wound up for this game. Get them! They are going to be wound up for this game. Get them! I, I, I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time. I want to pick LSU so bad. But before I walked in here tonight, after watching Ole Miss against Auburn, but also watching Auburn march right back a little bit yeah. with a bad team, yes, and seeing that, it, it was like, uh-oh, that makes me nervous because, to me, at the time, L- Ole Miss was was the was the second was the their. Um, I'm trying to think. It was second Alabama's best team in the East, in the West. Um, you said the East. Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. At the time, yes, but also they still are. They, uh, they still are, but 
I thought they were the best chance for Alabama to get that second loss. And I'm not sure about that after seeing what happened with Auburn. And what you're going to see happen this weekend in Death Valley. You are at home. Mm-hmm. Tiger Stadium is no joke. Mm-hmm. It's a sold. It's already sold out. It's already sold out. It is. I. <laughs> Too sweet, brother. Uh, I. Man, I want to pick LSU so bad. I do. Just you know what? I'm I'm gonna stop talking. You pick who who you're gonna pick. I want. I'll I, plug my ears. As I, well. I I'm having such a hard time right now. It's just me and you, listeners, right now. Cole's plugged just the podcast, but be, here's between me and you. Ole Miss, I think, has shown better production with Jackson Dart and Zach Evans. LSU has shown really good production, and J- Jalen Daniels has really, really outdone himself with LSU and a bad offensive line. Ole Miss really relies on Zach Evans. Right now, their LSU and Ole Miss are both a, about even on run defense. LSU gives up 145 on the ground. Ole Miss gives up 144 on the ground. Passing, Ole Miss gives up 202. LSU, on average, is putting up 270 yards through the air. Yards passing for Ole Miss, they're putting up 231. LSU is only giving up or allowing 192 yards passing. I'm talking myself through this right now. I don't know who to pick, and I wish, I wish I could. I'm looking at this. Ole Miss is average is scoring on average per game 41 points. LSU is only scoring 33. Ole Miss is giving up 17 points per game. LSU is giving up 21 points per game. But take out the Tennessee game, though. Take Fair enough. Take out the Tennessee game. And you give up 35, you give up 17, you give up a goose egg to New Mexico, you give up 16 to Mississippi State, and you give up 24 to Florida State. I would still venture to say that that's around 21 points. Maybe a little bit less, maybe a point or two difference there. I knew you were still listening. The only way that I... I I heard um, you were talking about points allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, average points allowed per game, and I was like, all right, I, I got to throw in a correction here. I'm sorry, but I'm picking Ole Miss. That's fine. And, and it's solely because you're not putting up enough on the scoreboard on average. You're 33. If it was like 38 to 40, then maybe. And you almost had me there. I'm not going to lie. LSU has me convinced a little bit. With Wow, you really look like you're going to cry a little bit. <laughs> LSU has, I'm fine. LSU has, has me convinced a little bit that it's at home. If it was in Oxford, that's a difference. No, if it was in Oxford, um, I, I don't think we'd have a chance. However, I think Ole Miss has a chance. I'm sorry. I, want, I will go on the record to say, go Tigers. I want LSU to win at home. I want LSU to win at home. I think that Obviously I think Obviously not enough to pick them. Oh my gosh. It's fine. I'm fine. Um <laughs> I'll hear about it when we play two K twenty two. Yeah. Um, Owen. I got a question for you. Oh yes. Round us out with the question here. In your opinion, 
Who is the best college football player to never win a national championship? Peyton Man. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I mean, and here's the thing. We both agreed before we, the we show both agreed, yes. that we were not going to pick Peyton Manning because obviously, for those of you who don't know, uh, Peyton Manning did not win Tennessee their national championship in 1998. What? You got yours? Oh, never mind. Never mind. That was – I'm looking at Heisman denied because I thought your pick was Vince Young, but I was like, no, he, no. Won, he won No, that. he won one. Uh, he lost the Heisman that year to Reggie Bush. That's right. That's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Reggie Bush. Um, all right. Hold on. I'm looking through here. Okay. I already know who I'm going Randy, with, but you... Randy Moss is on this list. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys are really old. I don't know who they are. Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. Roger Stallback. I didn't know that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, oh, I thought that said Tom Herman. I was very confused. <laughs> I know who your pick is now. Who? Primetime himself. Nope. Nope. Interesting. Interesting. You thought. I did thought. But no. I did thought. Archie Griffin. Bo, Bo Jackson. Aha! <laughs> uh, Dang Earl, it. Earl Campbell, Barry Sanders, and Doak Walker. Um, I, I guess... I would say probably, probably, uh, probably Barry Sanders would be my would would be mine. Um, I'm not well versed, especially once it gets past like before the 2000s. I'm not so well versed in that. Yeah, but I mean Barry Sanders is a great pick. Obviously, he had a tremendous uh, NFL career. Was uh, at one point the all-time leading rusher. Um, and I think is still for West Virginia's sake. I'll say Pat White. <laughs> of course you will, Pat, Pat McAfee, greatest college athlete. I think he's the all-time scorer at West Virginia. I'm not. I'm sure. pretty sure he is. I hate that kickers are all-time scorers. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I know, but still, um, for me, you. I mean, you spoiled it. <laughs> Vincent Edward Bo Jackson. Did he have a tremendous NFL career? No. Did he have a amazing MLB career? No. I don't know. Is he one of the best college football players of all time? And baseball players? And baseball players, yeah, you can make that case. Um, did George Steinbrenner draft him uh, in 19, I think, 86, if I want to say. Yeah, uh, in 1986 to play. For the New York Yankees, yes, I'm picking Bo. I'll pick. I, you know what? I'll pick either Dion or, I, you know what? I was. I think I'm going to pick Dion because Dion is a little bit younger, and Dion played. Uh, did when did Dion play? Dion played in the. Uh, Dion was it early 2000s that he played? No, no God, okay, no. okay. I didn't think um, so. No. Bo Jackson's senior year, because the only rem- the only way I remember this is I saw an interview mm-hmm. uh, that Dion gave about how great Bo Jackson was in college, and Bo Jackson's senior year was Dion Sanders' freshman year so at Florida State. Th- the reason I'm going to say Dion Sanders is because of the way he could play both cornerback and wide receiver. Is he yes. was he was ca- he had the hands 
for wide receiver and the route running, but he also had the speed and uh, vision for cornerback. And so. I, I love how we both picked uh, two sport athletes as well. I didn't know he was two sport. Yeah, Dion played for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow, uh, I think he was their right outfield. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Look at us picking two sport athletes. Yeah. And um, now, now, now he could be a three sport athlete. <laughs> or, well, <laughs> well, he could have a, his third great career. Yeah. Um, third professional career, I guess you could say. Bo knows a lot of a lot a lot of things. Uh, he doesn't know anything about championships. So. Neither does Dion, apparently. Well, Dion knows about in the NFL. That's right, because he won uh, Super Bowls with the uh, 49ers and the Cowboys. Yep. Yep. Well, for that, I'm Owen Spelnick. My name's Cole Connor. And this has been the Panther Pod. I still don't like you picked Ole Miss. <laughs>